Thank you yet again for joining me, Debsa. It is What Is It About It? It's the podcast episode that comes to you almost every two weeks. And we just try to share the information amongst ourselves about some of the things that we know about as individuals in order for us to disseminate information to those that need it. Uh, in order for them to be able to make some decisions, some important decisions of their life, which is in relation to the careers and the work that they want to do when they get to the working environment. Today, we're looking into the study of geography and we're filtering down to a specific sector in geography, which is called Geographical Information System, also known as a GIS. And we're having a conversation to understand where does it fit in in the study of geography just one of the most interesting aspects about geography you know it's a greek word uh, it's actually derived from greek word that is divided into two words uh, greek geo which means earth and graphy which means to write and of course the greeks those are the founders and most uh, uh, ancient people that has ever explored the sector of geography and of course followed by some of the interesting facts in terms of this that uh, during the middle age geography used to be a major academy pursuit in Europe and uh, advances in geography were chiefly made by the scientists of the Muslim world and then of course after that then the Middle East the Chinese Empire um, in Asia also contributed immensely to geography until about the 1500s uh, that's when China was the most prosperous uh, civilization on earth so we try to understand where it came from and where it is currently we're having a conversation with my thought expert someone who has a background in GIS and of course under the umbrella of geography here is how the conversation went so, so what is it what what are the basic entry requirements for an undergrad student at the university? So this one, the youngsters need to know. Uh, geography is actually a very relaxed discipline. Mm-hmm. So I normally tell my students that any road that you take will take you to your destiny. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, the groundwork has to definitely be geography, mm-hmm. uh, physics, Okay, never um, since Maths. Yeah, <laughs> <mathematics>. Yes. <laughs> and uh, English, of course, because mm. the terms can be very difficult if you don't know English, unless like, you're going in an Afrikaans institution. Like a cartographer, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so those are the, the entry requirement. And mm. I think Stellenbosch is looking at uh, those subjects that I just mentioned um, in an average of 50 to 59% okay. uh, each. Right. So basically, your average has to be within fifty percent range. Yes. So you will qualify to get a Stellenbosch. But now, you know, speaking of Stellenbosch, I, I tried to search the universities that are offering GIS in South Africa. I don't know if maybe I was ty- typing it wrongly or I was using the wrong Google that was designed by a, a GIS graduate somewhere out there who are working for Google. But I couldn't find some of the universities. I only uh, managed to get VET. Uh, so VET is offering GIS also at University of Pretoria. So what what other universities are you aware of that are offering? in GIS in South Africa? Actually, most of the universities in South Africa offer GIS. Mm. You must remember, geography is the oldest discipline ever. Mm. So um, they normally just hide it under 
uh, geography, okay. the GIS, because it is a particular sector within geography. Okay. So you'll never hear someone saying, I'm studying a BSc in geomorphology in South Africa. They okay. always say geography, geography, and towards the end, there's a GIS. So I would say almost all the universities have GIS, some more GIS than the other. Okay. So so if someone is going or is interested in GIS, they, 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 when they go and then register for an instructional program at a university, they should look into geography. They should look into geography, and some institutions refer to it as geoinformatics. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two terms that they normally um, use. Alright, so if you are interested, the idea is geography and founded from that basic idea of geography and then underneath geography you find geoinformatics and we will also find this particular one that we're talking about, GIS, Geographical Information System. We're living in the world that has changed, you know, from what our parents, you know, those, our parents who existed in the 70s, if they see what we can do with technology nowadays, they will say that, no, that's not true. That cannot happen. I mean, I just get it. So basically those are the types of of duties that one will be engaging on on daily basis after they graduated and get uh, uh, hired or, or, or recruited by a specific industry. Basically, yes, we're drawing a nice yes. picture for them. Yeah. So now, 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 now let's, let's say that the youngster is sitting now. They are listening to this uh, program as we're talking and then they're saying that, okay, fine, I think I might fit in. So let's just put it to them in details uh, and in more of a defined factor from you uh, as your background. You've been through this industry. You understand the dynamics. You understand from the level of university to a level of working in the industry to also being a PhD student. So you should have built a bit of an understanding of what type of a person would actually make a successful GIS uh, prospective student. So let's put it down for them. What kind of a person, uh, what type of a learner will make a good prospective GIS student? Um, I would say um, uh, like in any other discipline, mm-hmm. uh, you need someone who's dedicated, who loves what they're doing. Um, so in this instant, if you wanted to do GIS, you should be a person who loves traveling, who loves working outdoors, mm-hmm. um, and who uh, has a passion for technology and computers mm-hmm. and softwares. And yeah, I guess that's about it. And a very curious man, I guess. Eh? Yeah. A very curious <laughs> man because somehow, at the end of the day, for you to be able to design those uh, 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 geographical information systems like your Google Maps and all that, yeah. you need to be understanding exactly what's going on around. What are some of the things that are changing in the environment? Then you can fit it in into that uh, particular uh, aspect of what you're doing. For for the youngsters, for them to understand that, no, when you're talking, you're coming from a point of understanding. You know exactly what you're talking about. Let's just give them a bit of your background in relation to GIS and as a profession and up until to where you are currently? Alrighty. Um, I actually didn't know that GIS was like a discipline to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I started studying geography. Right. So I did a BSc in environmental management. Okay. Uh, which has modules such as geomorphology, math, science, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And within that discipline, I saw a module, I think it was in second year, when they introduced GIS as a module. Okay. So I took it, and it was quite amazing, and I decided to do an honors. You know, when you're doing honors, you are specializing in one of the modules that okay. you did. So I specialized in it. I did an honors uh, in GIS. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that led me to doing a master's okay. in, in GIS. And there's the passion driving you there. <laughs> yes, and now currently I am busy finishing up my uh, PhD, which is the Doctor of Philosophy mm-hmm. in GIS. In GIS, so, you know. Yeah. So now you youngsters, you know that the person that's going to share the information with you is she, she's quite clued up when it comes to GIS. So if you do have any questions, I, I think I'm going to cover as much as I can uh, with the list of questions that I've drafted for her so that you guys can read this book with your ears as we're having a conversation with her. Let's break it down for them. Uh, uh, my live location that she made it here quickly uh, without even getting lost on the way because there's a geographical information system that guided here directly to my actual location where I'm sitting currently. So what is GIS and uh, what are the typical duties of a qualified a GIS graduate in a working environment? So we, they can see themselves. You know, say usually when you when you build your objectives, you have to see the end of it, then you can be able to build in into what is it that I need to be putting in as inputs for me to get that particular end results that I want. So what is GIS and what are the typical duties of a GIS qualified graduate in a working environment? Um, Alrighty, so GIS is actually a component of geography. Mm -hmm. It is a mixture of almost all the other disciplines within it. Mm -hmm. So we normally define GIS as a computerized database management system. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of like a tool uh, that normally helps you to store data, analyze it, manipulate it, and to actually construct and eventually develop maps. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's kind of like your Microsoft Word where you just open it up and start typing and maybe save the work and maybe decide to retrieve it again and edit it, then print it out. So it's something like that. It's a it's a program that you need to learn in order to draw maps. All right. So basically, it's based on math, maths as maps as it is. So at the end of the day, GIS is all about maps. Yes, so. it is. It is a tool in order to draw maps. So if 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 I'm a qualified graduate in GIS and I'm working in a working environment, what type of duties will I be doing as a qualified, uh, just hired graduate in GIS? Uh, most graduates um, tend to go through uh, different fields within. GIS, you can go to a professional field, which is like the innovation part of it, mm-hmm. where you're constantly coming up with things. You're busy developing softwares that will enhance the user at the end. Um, that would be someone who works maybe at Google and creates mm-hmm. GPSs and okay. the maps that you use in GPSs. Um, you can be a technologist. Okay. Uh, these are people that... Um, Develop these softwares that work, sit down and do the programming behind them and make sure that they function well and they do the upgrades and that kind of stuff. Or you can be a technician like myself, mm-hmm. um, where you actually use the product that it has been developed by the uh, technologists. Mm-hmm. So I, um, sit down and use an already existing program in order to draw maps. Some people become cartographers. Uh, a cartographer is someone who draws maps. Okay. Uh, for a living. Um, so um, it's kind um, of like an art and a science. I'm, I'm, I'm jotting that one down. It's the first time I hear the word cartographer. So <laughs> today I'm getting schooled also <laughs> in the young. So we have established that now, this, this particular instructional programs. You know, if someone was to go out there and go to University of Cape Town, they will have to look for it in the Faculty of Geography. Or is there any specific, uh, in, uh, in, if you look at the university, the faculty that it falls under, would it be geography or geography falls under a specific faculty? I would rather say the student must look at um, earth sciences Mm -hmm. so uh, I'll give you a few examples at University of Pretoria and University of the Free State 
it's under natural and agricultural sciences. Okay. And at University of um Western Cape and Northwest University it's under natural sciences. Okay. At uh Stellenbosch it's under um Arts and social sciences. Okay, that's quite an odd one. Yes, <laughs> because it is an art and a science. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and again, at Stellenbosch, we have the Faculty of Military Sciences, and that's mm. where you would find again um, GIS. So basically, if one needs to go to university, the the one that will lead them to a right direction would be the one in the earth sciences. Earth sciences. Just oh. say you are under earth sciences, and then you can look um, there. Alright, youngster, so if you are interested, now we're directing you now directly to the faculty that you're supposed to be looking for. It's a faculty of air sciences. So if you scroll around, like, find this particular instructional program under a different uh, faculty. But if you directly go to the earth sciences, no, you might or you will find it there because that is a mother faculty uh, for this particular instructional program. So let's look into the, the, the future also. No, without even preempting what our youngsters will be doing in the future. But let's just say the, the employers of the the, the graduates in this particular instructional program. So what are they, the, the, the common employers? You know, the ones that are, are well known as employers of graduates in uh, geographical information systems. Well, you've got a lot of um, employers in GIS. Um, so just to think of on top of my head, mm. um, because GIS is regarded as a tool discipline, it can be incorporated anywhere. Mm. A good example would be so, I mean, in exploration geology, which is what is happening now in the West Coast, mm. uh, you need a GIS person to draw out your roads and that kind of stuff and uh, to map out all the, the minerals that you're trying to exploit from the, from the ground. You can use it in forestry. You can use okay. it in uh, medicine. You can use it in, in universities where I'm teaching, you can use it uh, at Google. They pay really well at Google. Okay. Uh, who doesn't want to get employed by Google? Though, anyway. Yeah. Um, can I get employed by Google? <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of institutions. You can even work for yourself as a consultant. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people in Saldana who are consultants in the, in the field. You can work for farmers uh, and so forth and so forth. So there's a lot of jobs. Mm. Um, one thing we normally say in GIS is that... Um, Everything that must happen normally happens somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the, the question that we ask is where? Mm-hmm. And and that's why we fit everywhere. Okay, so it has to happen in a specific place, and yes. the question is where. And GIS will answer that question for you. And say that no, we'll tell you where exactly <laughs> you're supposed to be operating. Um, let, let, let's just continue in the same uh, same 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 line of questions. There, uh, the, the career path of a graduate uh, that will be following. So let's say that now I'm, I'm graduated. I've graduated. I've got my uh, BSc or the lowest postgraduate level uh, in GIS. What, what what kind of a career path will be available for me? What is a common junior level up until to the highest level that is available in the market or in the industry for a GIS graduate? Um, because we we view GIS as a tool, mm-hmm. right? So one has to gain extensive experience because it is like a skill you need to practice before you are perfect. So realistically, you would probably have to intern for maybe a year or two. Mm-hmm. Then you move up into a junior position where you would probably be responsible to uh, sort out the data um, and group it in nice positions so that your seniors could access it easy. Mm-hmm. And then 
there will be a time where you're actually that person who's accessing the information that is like a senior position. And like I said, the last, um, a position that you would rather sit on is like an innovations position where you are brainstorming and you're coming up with the big ideas that normally change the world as we know it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone had to sit somewhere and say you need a GPS on your phone. Mm-hmm. So those are like your innovation um, people that sit in the top, you know, offices, like the corner offices, and they're making uh, a killing. And like you in not so many years, you'll be sitting in that kind of <laughs> office making a killing. So now let's talk about the structure of the course itself. You know, we've been talking GIS, GIS now. Now the youngsters are wondering the structure of this course and the, the assessments method that are being used for our, on the undergrad level. So if, for an example, you registered within that faculty of earth sciences and then you're directing yourself towards mastering or, or mayoring in, 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 in GIS. So the structure there of, of uh, undergrad graduation or undergrad qualification, how is it been structured and in terms of assessment how is it going to be assessed uh, during the the period of that uh, that, that undergrad qualification um, so basically you would have major subjects mm-hmm. we normally have what we call a major and because it's in the field of geography so um, you would have geographical information systems as your mm-hmm. main subject then you would have what we call um, remote sensing, which mm-hmm. is basically using satellite imageries to draw maps and to delineate things that you're trying to see. Mm-hmm. Then you would have geology, geology as a module. And some people substitute geology with geomorphology. Okay. So those are almost two similar disciplines. Uh, geology deals with the minerals and, and um, the structure of the earth and how some ro- <coughs> excuse me some rocks are formed and some uh formed over time and that kind of stuff mm. while um oh what do you call geomorphology. this oh geomorphology is just the study of the landscape mm-hmm. so you would have those then you would have a choice between political geography and urban geography okay Sounds um, interesting political <laughs> geography yes. break it down yes basically the art of war and um how you use geography in politics mm-hmm. like where does namibia end and where does it start when you're like at the orange river that kind of stuff okay so or b- border control and that kind of stuff okay um well urban geography would be how town planning is conducted and how the towns are set out mm. i know it might look like some towns are just random, but everything is actually in its rightful place in every town. Where is supposed to yes, be. Yes, uh-huh. where exactly it's supposed to be. And then from those majors that you are selecting from, you would have selectives in order mm. to just complete your, um, your selection. Then this would be anything between chemistry or physics or maths or English. Mm-hmm. So it, it will be just an elective in order to just fill up the missing credits mm. uh, because at universities you work on a credit system. So they'll just tell you these are the subjects you must do and make sure that you have 120 credits a year. Mm-hmm. So you would have to go select your favorite subjects beyond these that you're doing in geography. So in terms of assessment and how is the assessment being conducted? Um, specifically for... Um, Geographical information systems You would have um, Obviously to attend classes mm-hmm. And some people would have uh, Tests and tutorials And presentations uh, Practical Sometimes, well all the time Because I did say that you need to practice To be perfect yeah. it, This is a tool, this is a software that you're learning 
So yeah. Uh, so, uh, but the main component there is the final exam, which is normally per semester. You would have an exam, and mm. if you pass that exam, you are moving forward. Awesome stuff. So the practicals will also be contributing towards that final mark of examination yes. in a specific percentage. Yes. But the major part of it will be the examination that you're writing at the end of the semester. Yes. So I, I heard you mentioning the the the, 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 the credits that one has to uh, acquire for them to qualify on an undergrad level. So you, you know, that means it affiliates to a specific NQF level, if I understand yes. you well. So for, for, for a undergrad uh, degree from a university of Stellenbosch, how, how many creditors one has to, to acquire for them to be able to say that now I can, I, I can, I can graduate uh, uh, with um, geography or whatever, earth sciences, majoring in GIS? Um, basically, you have to, you must have 370 credits. Mm-hmm. Some people can go over over the, the credits if you want to triple major and take extra modules, but the standard is 370. That would mean an average of 125 um, a year. 125 so, hours. No, 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 no. 125 credits, credits. a year. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's a three year course. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it falls under NQF level six or seven? Seven. So it's a degree it's level. It's a degree. Awesomeness. Yes. So if you just join in, we're talking not, uh, uh, the, the, the politics, uh, we might have read, had the word politics there. It's just geographical sciences. Uh, they do have that section that they call geographical, I mean, uh, political. Geography. Geography. <laughs> Political geography that is used in, uh, the soon ties are out of what he mentioned. Something that's going to predict, uh, where is the next environment where you can pick up a specific data that, that, that whatever, if it's data about gold, like you said, yeah. when is the next environment that's going to be able to produce the same types of, yes. uh, whatever geographical aspects that you find there? So a good example would be, um, I actually did a study under, Undergrad. Mm. No, 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 no. As a, as a honors student mm. where I predicted, cause there was a leak in one of the mines in Joburg, but they didn't know where the leak was. Mm. Uh, so basically I went, took samples, put them into a GIS and the GIS told me exactly where that leak was because it, it looked at the concentrations of that particular minerals within the, the soil. So obviously the, the, the more thick, closer things are more related to one another than those further apart. Mm. So basically the soils that are far away from the leak will not have as much concentration of whatever the contents of the leak are than the soils that are closer to the, to the leak. It sounds a bit complicated there. It, it, it does, like, no, but it, that is why we need people like you to go exploit better than it's, us, it's, no, sitting it's, and listening it's not, to you. It's now. not, it's like basic statistics. Mm. Uh, close things will be more related than those further apart. And basically. those are the principles of statistics. So that's just assume. like the, the basic level. Of yeah, if you just write in, we're not talking <laughs> Hebrew here, we're talking geographical information system. And it's quite interesting because I'm learning quite a lot of things so far. I've picked up one of the uh, interesting words, which is a cartographer. Uh, that is one word I'm taking with here. What is it that you're taking from this conversation that I'm having with my thought expert? So it's basically more of, of a gathering data. And then, like you said, no, you, you're creating. Um, so, so beyond the, the, the graduate, uh, the undergrad level, and let's, let's lay the path, the stream that the youngsters will be able to follow. Say them now that as ambitious as you, and uh, they want to get beyond even PhD if there is anything. Let's just lay the path down for them. What, what is the sequence or the stream that the ones can follow beyond the, 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 the undergrad? All righty. So you do your undergrad level, which is your degree, mm-hmm. and then uh, that would take about three years. Mm-hmm. 
and then you do your honors degree, which will take a year. So, mm-hmm. and then you do your master's degree, which mm-hmm. will take two years if you're full time. Mm-hmm. Then you do your PhD, which is three years full time. Mm-hmm. So that will be in total about nine years of study. Okay, okay, okay. And if you really love studying, you can do a postdoc. Okay. Uh, yes, which is a year or two years, depending on the person studying. Okay, so that is the path that one can follow. Yes. So now, while while, while someone is, is is following that path, obviously they'll have to specialize, uh, coming from a direction of geography, filtering it down to the point of GIS, and obviously some along the way within GIS also there will be specific G- uh, specializations that one needs to take. So just just run us through few that you know of, and then just expand on them as one takes it beyond the the, the undergrad going forward to uh, post doc uh, qualification. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, like I said, undergrad, there's quite a huge array. I mentioned political geography. Mm. I mentioned a lot of other things. When you're going to your honors, then you start doing um, a narrowed down version of those modules. Mm. So, say a, 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 an average honors would have an environmental management course. Uh, followed by, say, maybe GIS and remote sensing. That's like three. Mm. Then you would have methodology. And then you would have uh, uh, philosophy. Those are the standard modules. Then you would have to do a project. Then a project is like an indication that you can conduct research. Mm-hmm. That project normally determines which direction you're going to take. Okay. So say, for an example, you like the environmental side more or the urban side more or... Um, the depth of how some softwares work, then you will take that discipline. Okay. So, um, in my case, I liked the software so much that I picked one little element of that software and I decided to focus on it, mm. which is a statistical methodology uh, that we use in order to predict where things are happening. Like okay. if you're trying to mine gold, if you want to predict where the next area that will have gold, you put the parameters into that particular software and then it tells you what it is. So I focused there. Then because when you're studying postgrad, you're learning more and more about less and less until you know everything about nothing. Okay. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a riddle there. More yes. and more. About, about less, less and less, less until you know nothing. Well, you know a lot about nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's that's because you you start becoming a specialist. Mm. So, um, there's so many things you can learn there. If you like physics, you can learn more about the electromagnetic spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, the colors that you see in uh, satellite image and okay. that kind of stuff, and learn the pixels like that. You can go deep into it. That means you're learning more and more about less and less mm-hmm. until you know a lot. About that particular nothing. All right. So um, yeah, the 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 options are very endless. Mm-hmm. So so basically, currently now we're talking to someone who is the guys who are listening currently. You know, you want to be informed when you have to decide on something. That's how life basis goes. I mean, if you get to something, you find yourself in a situation and you're not a 
able to you know to have some background into what you guys are. Whether you'll be discussing it or whether you have to decide for your life and you don't have enough information about that, it is guaranteed. I can get promise you now that 90% of the time of the decisions that you're going to make because you're not informed, there will be more like a gamble. And then this, we're trying to say that no, we don't want you to gamble. We want you to be able to make a decision from an informed point of view. We're talking GIS. So what, what, what are they? Are they, are they some of the things that 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 are being misunderstood uh, uh, in relation to this particular instructional program, I know recently it just came out to be some people get to be excited about it. Uh, we're seeing it in real life now; it's been around for some time. So, what are some of the misunderstandings that uh, people have to uh, have uh, about this particular instructional program of GIS? Um, I I don't think there are misunderstandings per se, but there are misconceptions. <laughs> so. Um, People tend to forget that um, geographical information systems is both an art and a science. Mm. So you need to understand the principles of being an artist and think about the person you're drawing the maps for uh, and then draw the maps. Mm. That's when you use the science. So I feel like that is like mostly overlooked or most people don't consider that. Uh, imagine now if I were to draw you a map and then that map is pink and green with like sparkles on it. <laughs> I mean, it won't work. So I have to literally make sure that the colors are actually representation and anyone can see what is going on True. or the variation in True. there. I get the point. That's mm. the art of it. But then the science of it is when you have to learn other disciplines in order to use this tool because essentially it is a tool. It's mm. not... It's not a, a subject per se. It is a tool that you use. So in order for me to work very well with the forest industry, I need to understand forestry as well. True. And I need to understand communications as well mm-hmm. if I want to work with communications and so forth and so forth. And again, um, I know it sounds like it's very difficult because it requires physics and maths and but it is not that bad. Mm. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I don't like numbers, but... Yeah, I am. And you're doing your PhD. Yes. And you've been through it for the past, if I'm calculating now you're doing your PhD, that means for the past nine years, you've been doing, studying this. Yes. Uh, uh, not counting the breaks that you took in the middle, if you yes. did. Did you take some breaks in the middle? I never took a break. Okay, I know so. that if you take a break, you'll never go back. That, you know, you've been, uh, we all know that you've been in that, in, in that environment for the past nine years based on what we just concluded now. Uh, you non-stop going through that whole thing. So what, what, what are the things that would learners currently who are still at the, 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 the high school needs to understand uh, when it comes to choosing GIS as an instructional program of their choice. What is it that's one thing that's very important that need to understand from where they are currently at high school? I know that a lot of people tend to go to careers because of the paycheck, but um, <laughs> it is true for most people, but um, GIS offers a person not only the ability to do what you love and get paid for what you love, mm. but it offers people the uh, the adventurous side into studying. Like, for an example, you get to travel a lot, you get to learn a lot. Mm. Technology changes a lot. I remember when I did GIS um, first year, the computers were one of those big bulky ones at the back. The yes, and mm. the mouses were still not cordless and stuff, and things have moved. And so does the software improvement. So that means in order for you to be relevant, you constantly need to actually advance yourself. So mm. you're constantly learning. And then you get to work with a lot of 
diverse um, industries. So you're not limited to actually working with what you're working with. You're not going to sit into an office and work with one company for the rest of your life specializing in one thing mm. because you're an expert in that software other companies and other disciplines and other people will come seeking for your, your um your expertise and mm. at the end of the day you keep on learning a lot and what's fun about it is that you actually work in the outdoors that okay. is like the coolest thing because first of all before you work you need to go and inspect the areas that you're working on so the nice thing is you can't really work well with areas that you've never been in. So you get to go to places and see them before you map them out. Okay. So you cannot be mapping something that you don't know what is it. So you need to go out there. Yeah. So if you're one of those people who like traveling a lot, you know, taking short left, uh, being that is short <laughs> left or short right, uh, it doesn't matter. In South Africa, we call it short left. And when you go overseas, probably it's called short right when you're jumping over the seas. But anyway, if you are one of those people who's, you know, find fun and you know, satisfaction in uh, seeing places, environment, adventure. No, this is your kind of instructional program. So now I'm uh, moving towards the, the, the end of our conversations because this conversation just feels so nicely that it's like you haven't said anything, <laughs> but you know, we almost are close to the time of, of ending our conversation. So, you know, we, we, while still at the tertiary institution, what could be the mistake that the students can make before they enter the working environment? You know, we tend to think that you no know, things are all beautiful and glorious as we paint them in our head. What, what is the common mistake that youngsters could make uh, before they get into industry while they're still in university? The funny thing is I also made this big mistake of having expectations. Mm. So we tend to get out of high school and go to uni, uh, like I say, chasing a buck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then you graduate and then the reality hits you that you can't just graduate and suddenly become I don't know, the manager of some big company and be the boss there because there's someone with the same degree who probably has been there for 18 years with the experiences and that kind of stuff. So I would say um, avoid expectations Mm -hmm. and try to start at the bottom Mm. and scrape your way all the way to the top. So um, if you're expecting to actually just get out of school and start being a GIS technician or technologist, you've got another thing coming. Yeah. You need to start interning and start um, following people around. We call that shadowing uh-huh. uh, people in order to learn from them and let them actually mentor you to become the great person that you're destined to be. I like the fact that you're telling these youngsters now that, you know, build it up from the point of being a junior, shadowing someone and then following the ranks as they go. And then you not just doing yourself a favor. You also are inquiring more information and you will be able for, to, it will be easier for you to master and statistical uh, methodologies, you know, yeah. and it takes time and then you yeah. need to be patient. You know, they say easy come, easy go. That's how it is, is how it applies out there. So now uh, some of the changes that are happening in the sector that will affect the landscape in the long run. We can predict, take the statistics, like you said, now you can predict uh, uh, if you take samples here. So now let's take the, the landscape of geographical information system. Let's predict of some of the changes that are happening that might affect uh, this particular instruction program in the long run. Um, there's only one that I foresee being like a, a big... Uh I don't know whether to use challenge or advancement, hmm. but um, the change in technology, the speed with which technology is changing mm. will most definitely affect GIS because it is 
currently affecting it. So the speed of the developments that are happening um, are, are quite interesting. I mean, you get out of a university and they told you the software was 10.1. And you just graduated and you're still excited. You get into a job, they're using version 12.8. And it just changed so <laughs> and quickly. And it just changed so quickly, so completely. So that is, that is one thing that is shaping our landscape, which is a good thing because some things are simplified and made easier than the way, um, we used to, to, we used to them. Like for an example, back in the day, students used to do long division and now mm. they use calculators. So, <laughs> so, so those, those things are, are happening as well in, in GIS. Um, so they are making life easier, but at the same time, um, keeping up with them is a bit problematic. You need to sort of check yourself. We, 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 we're talking GIS now. So we want to tell our youngsters that it is possible to get to, to a PhD level. And so now someone had no mistakes happen, problems happen happens, you know, things don't end up turning up the way we plan them somewhere along the way. Them, them, you know, say someone now they see that, you no, know, they want to channel themselves into the direction of GIS and they happen not to make it uh, to meet in their basic requirement. Is there any alternatives that one, while at high school, you know, and the end of the end of the year, you know, the unexpected happens and then they don't fit in within the basic requirements of GIS. Any alternatives that they can pursue or maybe think about or they need to know of uh, just in case they find themselves in in that position um, yeah I would I would suggest the upgrading of the modules that are required as an entry level that mm-hmm. would be your geography physics or maths um, maybe just redoing them again which is not a train smash because I know that they write again I think in June mm-hmm. and again in December okay. so you've got a whole year of you know redoing and um, doing the modules again um, but again, the, in some universities, they have institutions for career preparation programs, mm-hmm. also known as bridging modules. So you can just go for a year to a university and um, redo the subjects and, and, and continue forward. Uh, some are online modules. You can mm-hmm. get online now and study um, towards getting into a university. Find some accredited modules that you can do and go to a university saying, listen, I know I didn't do well in my metric, but I have done these other modules to substitute for that. Maybe they'll take you. And then accreditation being the, the operative word in those, yes. those courses. Yes, accreditation is a big thing. Make sure that it is SACWA approved and it is like a module that is approved in South Africa as well. Mm, you don't want to be sitting there grinding the whole year and the next thing, uh, you know, you get to university, they say that, no, unfortunately, we don't recognize this one because we don't know exactly what is this. And then you have to make sure that it's in line yes. with what you want to study. No, you can't, you can't be, uh, you can't want to study uh, geographical information and you go study history. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, 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 of Garibaldi in the red t-shirts and Napoleon <laughs> Bonaparte. And you expect that to contribute to positively towards you studying GIS. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is there anything that you might have, uh, maybe might have left behind or I have left behind in order for you? Uh, I didn't ask you for you to share with our youngsters out there. Uh, share, you know, anything that you think that, you no know, in relation to GIS that, you no know, needs to be shared with our youngsters out there. Um, I think we covered all the basics, uh, but I really just want to emphasize that uh, geographical information systems is under geography in most universities, mm-hmm. and it is under the field of earth sciences or natural and agricultural sciences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so one other thing to note is that in some universities, 
undergrad, it is not known as GIS or Geographical Information Systems. Mm. It is known as Geography, Environmental Geography, um, Environmental Management. Um, yeah. Okay, so you, you, some university you wouldn't find it as ju- as, as, as GIS. You yes, find it under you find, you find it as a module as opposed to finding it as a degree. And me, table That is all that we had for you for this week's podcast. Uh, let's join each other again next week. And I'm hoping that you've gained something out of the conversation that I had earlier um, with the uh, person who has a background in geographical information system, PhD student, uh, completing soon to become a PhD graduate in geographical information. I'm hoping that you gain something out of the conversation. And obviously, I know for the fact that somewhere along the way in your existence you'll need to use this information either you share it or you're contributing towards a conversation with other people who will be talking about it thank you so much for joining me i'm tebza let's hear from each other again a few weeks to come thank you Thank you so much for joining What Is It About It. Uh, thank you for choosing us as the platform of your choice or the podcast of your choice this time around. Uh, it's much appreciated. And those that have been listening to some of the information sessions that we had on this platform, we appreciate it. And you uh, it will be appreciated if you can leave some comments. And if you have suggestions uh, for the next season coming soon, uh, which is season two, which is going to be structured a bit different than this one. So if you have any suggestions, please, please, please feel free to leave the comments and suggest how we should go about making this platform a very valuable uh, library of information. And of course, today we continue the same mandate. Uh, we delve deep into the career of psychology. Uh, we disseminate it down for you. We make it simple for you to be able to know if this is the channel that you want to follow as a career of your choice, then you need to understand what are some of the dynamics, what are some of the things that you need to have as an individual, and what are some of the things that you're going to be exposed to as you embark on that journey, uh, trying to you know come up at the end as a psychologist. We break it down we give you the alternatives that are available thereof and we also ask questions that you might have been asking yourselves and we get answers from a professional in the field of psychology the conversation it is intended to give you an idea and we're hoping that uh, by the end of this conversation you actually should have something even if it's just a small part that will going to induce you to doing uh, more of a research in terms of building and understanding uh, what is psychology all about we start the conversation by uh, a guest that i had uh, explaining to you what is it that she does uh, what is her profession and her qualifications please enjoy the podcast and don't forget at the end of this you would leave comments uh, for suggestions that how do you suggest that we make this better for you